No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Kalo, makers of the silicone wedding ring. The Kalo silicone ring is a functional wedding ring for the active lifestyle. Kalo's rings are durable, comfortable, and always safe on your finger. And as you've heard over the past few weeks, Matt and I and our wives have really enjoyed using our Kalo rings as we run and work out, and we've enjoyed having Kalo as a sponsor of the podcast. So if you want to support Nomad Athlete Radio, you can do that by supporting Kalo. Check them out at Kalo.com. I recognize that voice. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad you did that. <laughs> You're back. Good. After a good, uh, what, 10 days away? Oh, almost Seven two days? weeks. Like yeah. 14 days? It really was. Days. It was a good 10 days away. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was, it was nice. <laughs> you know, I bet that the listeners did too. They got a nice break from me. Got some interviews. Yeah, maybe. A little we'll one-on-one with you. Yeah, a little intimate fireside type chat with me. Yeah, that was nice. Nice, but but good to have you back, I think. Uh, we're probably ready for that again. So, um, do you have a good time? You went, I, you did all kinds of different things, right? I did. You traveled I the world. Two beautiful weddings and a bachelor party and spent some time with Katie's grandmother, or I mean, mother. <laughs> nice. <laughs> probably shouldn't uh, mix that up. Uh, Katie's mother at along the coast of Rhode Island and was in Salem, Massachusetts and Rochester and Vermont. It was a great tour of the northeast wow. that was a lot of fun ithaca is. never yeah. been to ithaca before that was ithaca great ithaca is gorgeous i know and you know i saw gorgeous all over the place oh yeah yeah awesome <laughs> did you uh did any of the brides and grooms happen to have kalo wedding rings they did not although uh what are they doing <laughs> well two of them are big crossfitters and i talked to the guy about the kalo wedding rings. there you go that's not not even a lie i really did we talked about and the that's rings. not even in our contract that's no. bonus <laughs> yeah way to go yeah all right. Well, that's good. Um, we had a good time here. Me and the listeners hanging out. Really got to know each other well. Yep. Uh, did a couple interviews, as you said. And we have another interview today. We've got Chef AJ, who we've been talking about a lot recently on the blog and the podcast because uh, it was Chef AJ's talk, actually, that after all these other talks that I had listened to from the doctors on the vegan cruise, mm-hmm. it was Chef AJ's that really inspired my wife, Erin, to, to go oil-free and likewise me Aaron went on this whole diet of Chef AJ's her ultimate weight loss program that's what that episode with Aaron was all about uh but it was that talk where I was really like, yeah we're gonna do this no oil thing and just give it a try and see how it goes so yeah and I loved that episode that you guys did I uh thought that that was really good I listened to all of it and was a little scared that she might be replacing me as the new co-host I know people liked it that was our we had a, that was our biggest download ever day the one yeah. when that came out so if you haven't heard it go listen to it uh what was the title of that one do you know in iTunes <laughs> it was lo- losing weight the healthy way or something like that the yeah, only how, thing how that says lose losing weight, weight. Yeah. We, we've never talked about losing weight ever really so uh it was good to do that and you know i guess we should celebrate this is episode 81 we finally made the 80s oh like, yeah we did yeah. nice and it's perfect square nine squared yeah there you go <laughs> it's not every day you get one of those well, yeah so now it's the 80s now we could celebrate with 80s music if that didn't violate laws, beat it. There you go. No, that might not. That might nope. get us in trouble. We'll nope. have to edit that out. <laughs> Jay, uh, the interview. I think it's going to be good. She's uh, she's definitely a kind of a. I don't know. I don't know if wild card is the right word, but she's she used to be a stand up comic, so mm. she's not shy about uh, you know being a performer. Uh, <laughs> so she's she definitely seems to be sort of extroverted, and I think she's what I've heard is that she's like she's really into into the vegan diet pushing like i'm always very hesitant to say this diet is better than that diet for you because right. i just i just don't like to i don't know it's just not my thing like i have plenty of good reasons for doing it i'm happy to share about it but i don't ever like telling people what they should do mm-hmm. i think aj is somewhat opposite that i think she's pretty much uh you know she she tries to get like on the cruise there was someone there on the other half of the cruise not the vegan cruise who was an olympian i think he might have been a medalist and uh and apparently she was trying to to get him to go vegan, <laughs> uh, which you know is funny. I, I like I like that people do that. Uh-huh. Um, I yeah. don't like that when when it gets super extreme. But uh, yeah. I'm just looking forward to talking to her because I do want to bring up that that difference of approach. Yeah, this will be fun. I'm excited to. I'm yeah. not going to be participating in the interview, but I'm excited to <laughs> to listen to it. Right. So that will be good. Um, we'll get to that in just a few minutes. Before we do, though, let's see. Oh, we've got this is a momentous occasion in Omega Athlete history because 
not only is it our 81st episode of our podcast, but we're also doing a big brand refresh thing, as you know, oh, yes. soon. Mm-hmm. Coming soon. New logo. The carrot is sort of going away, but uh, not, you know, I'm sure I'm sure there will be times when we bring back the carrot. But the the carrot shirts as we know them and the stamp logo shirts as we know them are going away in to be replaced by a new logo, which is, you know, I haven't even fully seen the final one yet, but I am excited to, of course. So anyway, we're doing a big sale. Uh, it begins the day this episode airs, which is June 22nd, Monday, June 22nd. And uh, basically every three days after that, for the next nine days, the uh, the, the shirts get cheaper. So the first three days are going to be seven, 25% off. Next three days, whatever's left is going to be 50% off. And then the next three days, whatever's left after that is going to be 75% off. And hopefully we'll clear through a bunch of the stuff. Whatever's left of that goes to Goodwill or who knows, <laughs> some sort of creative, funny use I'm sure we could think of to do with them. So grab that stuff before it's gone. That's all at nomeatathlete.com slash sale where you'll see the details of this sale and then be able to click right over to the store from there. Okay, uh, let's go to the interview with Chef AJ. Perfect. Hey everyone, I'm with Chef AJ doing a little bit of what's sort of a follow-up episode to the one uh, about my wife's really successful weight loss story through AJ's program, Ultimate Weight Loss. So uh, we're going to get into to all kinds of things, oil, caloric density, uh, weight loss in general, and, uh, and, and Chef AJ. So Chef AJ, thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. It's good to good because we've only recently connected. We hung out at Marshall Health Fest for just a little bit, uh, right. and I, I really didn't know anything about you until the cruise. So uh, it's been it's yeah. good to good to. Sit I down would have for loved while. to have known you guys on the cruise. We could have really hung out there. That would have been really fun. Would have. Well, there's next year, right? You gonna be back? <laughs> That's right. We have next year. Yep. There we go. And, and, you know, I know you guys are athletes, so one of the things I did on the cruise, which you may have never done, is underwater spinning. So I'd like you to join me in the pool for an underwater spin class outdoors. It's phenomenal. Sounds great. I have never done that. I can't even it, imagine how that is done. It, it's <laughs> so fun. It's actually, believe it or not, it's harder but yet easier in the water, if that makes sense. Is there a bike you take in the they, water? Yes. These are waterproof spinning bikes, and you're underwater. So it's, it's, there's no, it doesn't hurt anything, but it's a little bit harder to pedal. But it's really fun because you're in the Caribbean. You're in the sun. You're spinning in a pool. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I'm in. <laughs> Great. All right. So, uh, Chef AJ, you, I don't think a lot of people know this about you. People, people know your name. I know that because you speak at a ton of events. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got your book Unprocessed out there, which is now what, four or five years old? Yes. And that's why I'm, I'm really skedaddling to finish my new one. So it'll be out this year in time for the McDougal Advanced Study Weekend where I'm speaking. But yes, it is about five years old now. Right. Because your, your philosophy yeah. has even changed right around food since that time. Right. Yes. And, and it's still basically the same, Matt. I mean, it's still unprocessed, but then I've added to it the caloric density issue for people that need to lose weight that are having trouble just eating unprocessed foods that are at a higher caloric density. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but not, I was surprised to learn that you were a stand-up comic before all this. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was. I, I've actually been on The Tonight Show and David Letterman and, and sitcoms and, and nightclubs. I think you could go to YouTube and, and Google Vegan Comedian. I think one of the episodes is there. I actually was many years ago. So, yes. Oh, uh, were, you, were you like the vegan comedian? Was that your shtick? Yeah, no, that really wasn't my shtick. Okay, well, okay. What my shtick was, and unfortunately, I can't show it on my website because I don't own the rights to it, but I do show it when I speak. My shtick was is that I play two flutes through my nose, standing on my head, and blowing bubbles through my mouth with bubble gum. That was my shtick that made me lots of money, and I toured the world, Japan and all other countries, wow. doing this act. Don't even ask me how it got started. Probably when I was seven years old, I was bored. And just, so, so that was my shtick. But I did do a little stand-up as well as some acting, and it was really fun. But, you know, it's, it's hard to make a living, you know? Sure. Wow, well, that's good. Well, it prepared you well for this because you, you certainly have a unique way of uh, spreading the message and being uh, – being not not shy on i mean you sung a song on rich roll's podcast i listened to that one thank you yeah you know it's just you know it does it i mean if you let me put it this way matt you know they say the number one fear is public speaking i think it should be stand-up comedy because if you can handle a nightclub because you know here's the thing when you when you're giving a speech people aren't expecting you to be funny necessarily but when you're in a club and it's called stand-up comedy and they haven't yet gotten drunk if you're not funny you're gonna know so if you can do stand-up you can do anything I think you're right about that. I have a lot of respect for stand-up people. Like they come up all the time when you talk, when you read like entrepreneur type books. They they always talk about 
just what what uh what that was and the way you know the, the learning process of starting mm-hmm. out with nothing and, and testing your jokes night after night and you keep the ones that work and you drop the ones that bomb and right it it's, just sounds really hard it is really hard. <laughs> so, no, hence, I'm not doing it anymore. And it was also very scary. You know, I always got sick before a performance. I would, you know, I would get, I would panic. I would get nauseous. It's not worth it. I don't have to do that, doing what I'm doing now, because because what I'm doing now is really actually so important. And that, that, that it's not so important how I feel. It's important to get the message out, because we're not just saving animal lives. We're saving human lives. And so now I have a, a greater calling. But it did prepare me, I think, for being able to speak in front of 2,000 people and not be afraid, because it's so much easier than stand-up so much easier gotcha and no offense to people who are really into playing flutes through your nose i mean it is important but just <laughs> this is maybe more important all right so um let's let's just jump into to the real stuff here i mean i've heard so much of your stuff from ultimate weight loss because i've listened to the stuff that my wife shares and uh, listened to a bunch of the talks there and i heard your talk on the cruise and at marshall but i want you to kind of give the explanation that I couldn't really give without, you know, with this being so new to me, um, the, the main thing in weight loss, the calorie density concept, that's kind of behind everything that you teach. Can mm-hmm. you, can you give the, the nutshell explanation of that for people who, who aren't quite getting that or people who, cause I wrote a post recently about how I was giving up oil at home and wasn't doing that anymore. Uh, not for weight loss, just for general health. And of course, as expected, there were lots of people who were like, well, you know, I, I I'm on board with everything else you've said. This is getting a little bit extreme. Uh, and I can understand that. So, but I think the caloric density really is a good argument for that. And I'm not trying to convince people that that's the only way to do it. But uh, I think I would like to, the explanation to be more clear. And I think sure. you can do that. Absolutely. Well, first, let me say that you know, I, I just because you said it, so I w- would like a chance to respond about giving up oil being extreme. You know, our ancestors throughout all of human history did not eat oil. Oil is a processed food. So even forgetting about the fact that it is not really a healthful health food, processed oils, that it's atherogenic, diabetogenic, and obesogenic, meaning that processed oils contribute to heart disease, obesity, and diabetes. If you read my book from four years ago on processed, oil is still a very highly processed and refined food, not found in nature. There are no oil ponds or oil trees. There's olives. And so if you believe... my basic philosophy, whether you're trying to lose weight or not, which is human beings, and actually all species, are designed to eat their food whole, not processed, you would never eat oil because it takes about 44 olives to make a mere tablespoon of olive oil. It takes 16 ears of corn to make a mere tablespoon of corn oil. Nobody that I know would really eat that many olives or corn. And the problem was when you process the whole natural food like olives or corn into the oil, Everything that was good about the whole food, the fiber, the vitamins, the minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants, micronutrients, the water, are processed out and you're left with the non-nutritive portion. And while most people would agree that sugar is a junk food, whether they eat it or not, they they look at oil as some some glorified food and yet really what oil is is, a, is the same thing as sugar in, in that it is a junk food and the definition of junk food in the dictionary is a food with calories and no nutrients. With the exception of some trace vitamin E, there's really no nutrients in, in oil. And if you believe there's something in the olive oil or the flax oil or the coconut oil that you need for health, wouldn't it also be in the olive, the coconut, and the flaxseed? So either people do believe what Jack Lane said over 80 years, 80 years ago, the 13 words that I live my life by, which is if God made it, eat it. If man made it, don't eat it. Or they don't. And it's okay. I don't, I'm not married to the fact that people agree with me. But the reality is, is anything that's in the oil would have been in the whole food. And it's always better to eat the food whole. Now, even if olive oil were healthy, and I don't believe it is because I follow all the great leaders of the plant-based movement like Dr. Esselstyn and Dr. McDougall and, uh, you know, Dr. Clapper and, you know, all of them, Dr. Greger that say not to eat oil. But let's just say if it was healthy. Okay, you know, all right, so it's healthy. But just from a sheer caloric density standpoint, we're going to talk a little bit about calorie density, all oil is the most calorically dense food on the planet. It's 4,000 calories a pound. Now, what caloric density means simply is calories per pound of food. That's all it means. And you might have heard a little joke, at least I used to hear it when I was in grammar school, what weighs more, a pound of feathers or a pound of lead? And when you're six, you might say a pound of lead. But in reality, a pound of anything weighs the same. So a pound of olive oil weighs the same as a pound of kale. But a pound of kale is 100 calories, and a pound of olive oil is 4,000 calories. And what is going to fill you up more, the kale with all the fiber and the water and the nutrients and the bulk or the oil? And so I'm telling you, I live in Los Angeles, and I 
I do uh, weight loss coaching for people privately. Some of them are very well-known Hollywood people, models and actresses that are already slender by our standards, but because of the way Hollywood is, they need to lose maybe another 10 pounds for a role. And I'm telling you, Matt, just telling them to stop boil. They all lose about 10 pounds in a month because it's 120 calories a tablespoon from from pure fat. It, and so, it, it you know, Dr. McDougall, and hopefully maybe you'll interview him sometime and he can explain this, has been saying for 40 years, the fat you eat is the fat you wear. And when you stop eating fat, you get thin. Unless you somehow can bypass the laws of physics, it's it, it, that's just the way it is. It's it's really caloric density. It's it's really the key to weight loss. And it was proven many times by a researcher at Penn State University named Dr. Barbara Rolls, who wrote a series of best-selling books called Volumetrics, which really explained it to me really really well. I, I it also is in the plant-based movement this theory of caloric density. The books that uh, teach it very well are the McDougal Program for Maximum Weight Loss, which was a bestseller in 1985, and I believe is still a bestseller. Bestseller. It uses the principles of caloric density and dr dean ornish the first person to successfully reverse heart disease with a low fat no oil vegan diet in 1983 wrote eat more way less so it's not like you're bad if you eat oil or anything like that but if you are a volume eater like me an emotional eater like me a recovering food addict by not eating the high fat high calorie foods like chocolate and nuts and seeds and avocado and oil you get to eat way more food it's awesome (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and we didn't mention that, that you did lose a ton of weight, right? I mean, some, what was it, 50,000? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm about 60 pounds less than I was when I was on The Tonight Show, which is one of the reasons I show that clip when I speak, because people see me now, and, you know, I've maintained my weight now. I'm five foot six, between 117 and 122, you know, five-pound range, and I weighed 180 pounds on The Tonight Show, and I show that clip, well, because, one, it's funny, but also because I don't have pictures of myself at 180. The highest weight that I have pictures of myself of is 165. And people said, oh, you weren't that fat. Well, you know, I was a chef and I'd wear baggy pants like chefs do and baggy chef coats. So, you know, I was able to hide it really well. But what happened was really interesting about one, two, three, four, about five years ago, you know, I, I do this little uh, cooking show. I haven't done it in years because both of us are too busy, but with Juliana Hever, the plant-based dietitian, we did about 65 episodes of the chef and the dietitian. And she's as big as a minute. She's very petite, both, both, um, not not very tall and very slender. And of course, next to her, I looked gigantic. And people would post on YouTube and Facebook, and I'm not kidding. And I I wasn't morbidly obese. I was overweight. And they would post, if the plant-based diet is so good, why are you so fat? And so I I felt like saying, I felt like saying, I don't know, why are you such an asshole? But instead, my, <laughs> my husband would delete the comments. But, you know, I wish I had because I'd like to find these people now because I'll tell you, I didn't lose weight because of their comments, honestly. Um, I, th- I have a thick enough skin. But it, it did kind of trouble me because I couldn't really figure out why I was so fat on a whole food plant-based diet because I wasn't eating oil on August 1st, 2008, after hearing Dr. Esselstyn speak I just, I, I don't, I mean, I have heart disease in my family. I didn't have it. I've always had a very low cholesterol, 99, my LDL 57. But he made it make so much sense that both my husband and I said, well, why wouldn't we want to eat in a manner that would ensure we'll never get heart disease? So we gave up oil on August 1st, 2008. And yet I remained overweight and I wasn't eating sugar. Any kind of sugar, any kind of flour. I wasn't eating salt. I wasn't eating processed food. I couldn't figure out, well, how come I'm so fat? And and, the, and then so... Um, what happened was is and, and you know it's funny sometimes things happen to us in life that are unfortunate and painful and we don't see any brightness in it until many years later but I was in an accident in February of 2010 and I broke my knee very badly and because I'm a person that was did not know you at the time that was not inspired to ever exercise and by the way I do want to say it is very important to exercise so I appreciate what guys like you are doing to get the word out and, and inspire people to do that so I'm not telling people not to exercise however um, fitness is built in the gym weight loss is built in the kitchen and I never exercised I didn't lose weight exercising at all I do now religiously but what happened was is I broke my knee and because I was 50 years almost 50 years old at the time I'm a month shy of my 50th birthday and never had exercised, had no muscle mass, no strength. I couldn't use crutches. I couldn't use a walker. I was in a wheelchair for three months. And of course, I gained more weight doing that and came out even even fatter. And um, 
what happened was, is I, the, the knee never healed quite exactly right. I don't remember exactly mechanically what's wrong, but so they recommended uh, surgery. And I am deathly afraid. My number one fear in life is general anesthesia. Because when I was 19, I was allergic to it during a routine procedure and ended up being resuscitated by respiratory therapists and being in the hospital for a really, really long time. So I'm really afraid of surgery, and they wouldn't do it with a local or anything but general. So I said, forget it. And so the knee doctor, and it's funny because on my podcast, Healthy Living, I actually interviewed a a well-known knee doctor, said, did you know that for every pound that you're overweight, it's five pounds of pressure to your knee? He said, did you ever think of losing weight? And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, no, I never thought of it never crossed my mind. But that really, really made me, you know, and this is the thing. And so when I was so impressed with your wife, Erin, how articulate she is and how intelligent she is on your podcast, because the thing was, is, you know, when you're highly motivated, you're more likely to do something. And the thing is, is, and, or, or when you're in a lot of pain. And so I really, really was highly motivated. And so what I did is I went to a place called True North Health in Santa Rosa, Mm-hmm. And I learned, I learned these things and also put, not only did I learn about caloric density, but I was able to put it into practice with the, the way they serve food there. And I had some sessions with the psychologist there named Dr. Doug Lyle, who is one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. He is the co-author along with Dr. Goldhammer of a, the, one of the most wonderful books called The Pleasure Trap. And so it was, uh, I had been there 2011 as a patient. And then I since have been hired now to come and, and do these special programs that are called the holiday cooking extravaganza and I remember it was the Sunday after Thanksgiving 2011 and Dr. Lyle and I were working on this job together and we were on a break and I pulled him aside and I said Doug because I call him Doug because that's his name I said look I know everybody says this to you I said Doug I eat perfectly and, and I can show you my food diary but I'm still fat and he basically explained to me what I now explain to people that come to my ultimate weight loss program or the lecture you saw on the cruise, which is caloric density. And once you understand that, you know, my whole life I thought, well, you know, because I had a, you know, abusive childhood, whatever, I, you know, I have all these emotional problems. That's why I'm fat. And basically what Dr. Lyle said to me is he goes, you don't have mental problems. You have math problems. And once I really understood caloric density and put it into practice, the weight fell off. But more than that, I was able to eat so much more food without guilt or worry, or weighing, or measuring foods that I never ate because I was told they were fattening, like carbs, yes, like potatoes, like rice, and it's awesome, and that's what I want people to know is it's not, it is not a punishment, and people say, well, you know, giving up oil is so hard. No, it's not, not when you get to eat boatloads of potatoes and rice and beans and fruit and vegetables all day. It's awesome. (laughs) Right, so I guess we should clarify, um, I mean, you touched on this very briefly, but the the foods that are calorically dense oil certainly the the most calorically the dense of yes yeah. there and, is no food on the planet and i don't even consider it a food but there's nothing more calorically dense than oil at four thousand calories a pound what is what is even less than what's a little bit less are nuts and seeds now listen i you are an athlete you do not have a weight problem you're not a food addict or emotional eater knock yourself out with nuts and seeds if you can eat nuts and seeds and be of, of a weight that you're happy with and not mentally unhappy. See, because here's the other thing. So nuts and seeds are healthy. And I don't tell people not to eat them. But they're also calorically dense. Seeds are about 2,600 calories a pound. Nuts can be as high as 3,200 calories a pound. So for an ounce of walnuts, which I can hold in the palm of my hand, that's maybe, I don't know, what, six walnuts, 12 halves or something like that, mm-hmm. for 200 calories, I can have a huge sweet potato. I can have two pounds of vegetables. I can have a whole pound of cherries. And so I look at it like, well, what's going to fill me up more? Now, I decreased the amount. I always thought that you had to eat nuts and seeds or you would die, you know. And I decreased the, the one year from going to True North to really starting Ultimate Weight Loss, which was January 2nd, 2012, I literally started weighing my nuts every day and ate only one ounce of walnuts. And I still could not lose weight. The scale would not budge until I gave up these high calorie, high fat foods. Because if you believe what Dr. McDougall teaches, which I believe because in his book, both the Starch Solution and the McDougal Program for Maximum Weight Loss, he provides links to the scientific studies where he's talking about this, and I've read them. He says the calories from fat act differently than the calories from protein and carbohydrates. And so when you, you know, oh, by the way, most people have learned this sometime in high school that 
Protein and carbohydrate are four calories per gram. Fat is nine calories per gram, which is it's more than twice as calorically dense. Alcohol is somewhere in the middle. It's seven calories a gram. Also, alcohol's liquid and liquid calories are never favorable for weight loss, whether they're from coffee drinks or alcohol or smoothies. But here's the thing. So fat is twice as calorically dense. And so what happens is it takes less than 3% of the calories in the fat to be stored as body fat. And this was great for our ancestors because you know, if spring came late, they would practically starve. Food was not always available. So what would happen is these things, these high fat foods, there was no oil in nature throughout any of human history that our ancestors ate, but they did eat things like nuts and seeds and avocado. But these were seasonal. They weren't sitting there eating tubs of guacamole every day and jars of peanut butter and three pound bags of, 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 you know, almonds from Costco that are roasted and salted or peanuts. If our ancestors found a coconut, I don't even think they could open it, but if they found a nut or a seed, everything came in a hard shell. They had to open it. They were nomadic. So they weren't doing this. They weren't measuring out an ounce a day and eating it. They ate it when it was available and then they didn't when it wasn't. And the same thing with avocados. And so nuts and seeds are very, very delicious. And I have found working with several thousand, over 2,000 people now in my Ultimate Weight Loss Program, that even though they're not addictive in the way that, say, sugar is, because sugar is addictive, flour is addictive, salt is addictive, alcohol, of course, is too. That doesn't mean that everybody that, that consumes these foods are, 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 are addicts. But the thing about nuts and seeds is they are so delicious, they're so creamy, that people in general that have weight problems, that are emotional eaters, that are food addicts, have a hard time moderating the use of it because it's really hard to stop when you start. If you have the discipline to do the ounce a day, you know, or a couple tablespoons of flax at chia, please do it. But we have found that these are trigger foods for a lot of people. Also, they're high-fat foods because, as I said, as Dr. McDougall has said, it takes only 3% of the calories to convert dietary fat to body fat, but for protein and carbs, it takes more than 30% of the calories to do that, but you can't convert it. So there's a thing called de novo lipogenesis. You can look it up. Pigs can do it. Human beings can't. And so when we overeat, when we eat fat, even without overeating, any it gets stored as dietary as body fat. But if we overeat on protein or carbohydrates, those extra calories get burned as heat. They escape through the top of the head there's something called the fidget factor, or it gets stored invisibly as glycogen in the muscles of the liver. So I'm not telling people to overeat, but when people come to me with eating issues, emotional eating, food addiction, we don't like to restrict their food. And what's great about caloric density is you really can, as Dean Warner said, eat more and weigh less because as long as you're eating the right foods, which is my program, Foods to the Left or the Red Line, which are the foods of the lowest caloric density, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, you can eat pretty much all you want whenever you want, as much as you want, until comfortably full and still lose weight. And how do I know this? Well, because it's worked for so many people, but I know it from Dr. Barbara Rolls, who I interviewed on my podcast, because what she discovered in her laboratory at Penn State University, studying eating behavior from people all over the world, is that people eat the same amount of food by weight every day. Now, that doesn't mean that you and I, Matt, eat the same amount because you're a big runner and a big athlete and also we're different heights and you know things like that different metabolisms but that most people eat about three to five pounds of food per day and your stomach doesn't really care how many calories in it your stomach just wants to experience satiety and be full and by changing the caloric density of your food to these foods that are very high in caloric density which are animal products and processed food and high fat plant foods to the food that our ancestors ate throughout most of human history the whole foods found in nature fruits vegetable whole grains and legumes you can lower the average calorie density per day of your food by you know about 500 calories a pound without experiencing any discomfort because you're still eating large volumes maybe even greater volumes of food and you can lose about a pound a week and that's kind of what we want people to do because slow and sustained weight loss has proven to be the most effective and long lasting the faster you lose weight the faster you'll gain it now your wife did extraordinary she lost a lot in in, in a short amount of time she also was exercising too and we don't tell people not to exercise by the day because my partner in in crime in this program is john pierre who is a fitness expert but the thing is is we really want people to get the food right first and we give them a you know a, a recipe guide and give them delicious recipes but i'm telling you this is just this is so great and you know my husband is six feet tall and 140 pounds he's a tall drink of water and he eats this way too i mean it doesn't mean that he always avoids nuts and seeds and avocado we you know when we add them to his meal so this is so great because it's not like you have to be this freak and eat this way and your family has to eat other ways we tell people to make these ultimate weight loss meals and then embellish them with these higher fat foods for their family so not we don't want to restrict people that aren't overweight or aren't food addicts but you know so when when i make my potato meal my husband puts 
guacamole on his, or maybe he'll have a tahini dressing, or, or you know. So I don't restrict other people's eating, but there's always a way to make it work. But basically, he really likes eating this way. Um, it, it, it's 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 just fun not having to you know count calories or count carbs or count points or eat thimble sized portions, and and it's fun. What can I tell you? It's delicious. It's fun, and it works. <laughs> Yeah, it, it absolutely seems to. Uh, it, and, and to me, it makes sense. It's just intuitively the caloric density thing does make sense. I've seen it work with my wife. Um, and and I, we do what you do. Like I'll, I'll uh, have the tahini-based dressing. I'll have the avocado with something else. I'll have the nuts and seeds. And she won't. And it's otherwise we're eating the same meals pretty much. Right. Uh, so it's it's not been hard at all. It really hasn't. And, and honestly, I think having that extra stuff has allowed me to – Give up the oil so that we can say we're not having oil in our house because that, you know, oil comes in the cooking at a much earlier stage than those type of things that you would garnish the plate with. Um, so eating that stuff has kind of let me not lose weight while eating the oil, which is exactly what I wanted because I didn't want right. to, I was worried exactly. that I was with or away or nothing. And, you know, the whole premise in my book, Unprocessed, because Unprocessed is not a weight loss book. I mean, it is for some people, but half the recipes have nuts and seeds or avocado. And so my point is, 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 you know, even if you don't want to lose weight, I mean, most people need to. Let's face it, Americans two thirds overweight, half of those are obese. One of every three children under eighteen are obese. So most people kind of need to lose weight and would probably be a little healthier if they did. But here's the thing: I, I, I'm I'm a fan of nuts and seeds and avocado if you can eat them and and moderate the use of them. Or, or you know, and the other thing, what I what I want to say is. I don't think any food should be eaten if it causes you psychological stress or discomfort, even if it's healthy. But so the thing is, is, you know, with nuts and seeds being 2,600 or 3,200 calories a pound and oil being 4,000, if you stop eating oil and you're eating whole food fats, you're not going to necessarily lose weight. You're not, that's too low. That, that's not a, a big shift. But nuts and seeds and avocado are so much healthier than oil. And there's no reason not to get your food in the whole food form from a plant rather than being manufactured in a plant. And, you know, people have this, this oh, you know what I wanted to tell you? So people say, oh, I can't eat without oil. You know, they, they go, well, I love oil. I'm Greek. I'm Mediterranean. And I get these people in my class. And so what I do is I take a little nice shot glass and I pour out some oil. They won't drink it. Have you ever tried <laughs> drinking oil straight? It's disgusting. And you know what? It actually can be used as an emetic, meaning that if, you are, if your kid gets poisoned and you can't get to the poison control center, you can give them some oil. They will vomit. So let's explain to people why they really like oil because it really doesn't taste good in and of itself. And when you use it, you've got to use a lot more sugar and salt to make things taste better. Let's get down to the reality of the situation because if people really loved oil, they'd be drinking it. They love it because Foods of a higher caloric density, whether it's nuts, seeds, or oil, produce more dopamine in the brain. And dopamine is a neurotransmitter that's released whenever we have a pleasurable experience. And our ancestors were hardwired to prefer foods of a caloric density for survival because food was scarce most of the time throughout human history. So when they saw these avocados or nuts and seeds, of course they were going to eat it for survival. But these foods of a higher caloric density produce more dopamine in the brain. Now, all eating stimulates dopamine, even lowly kale at 100 calories a pound. But you're not going to get as much dopamine from kale as you are from things like you know, flour, which is 1,500 calories a pound, or flour products, or sugar, which is 1,800 calories a pound. And oil, being the most calorically dense food, ostensibly is going to produce the most dopamine in the brain. So what people really like isn't the oil. They don't like the greasiness, in, in, in this, the, you know, the skin that, that's, you know, ugh, it's just, it's, oil is just gross. And I was a restaurant chef for years. They like the feeling in the brain. So here's the thing. Just do it for 21 days, 30 days. Cut out oil. I'm not telling people to cut out fat unless they're really trying to lose weight. Not, I mean, not, tahini dressing tastes way better than oil. Uh, guacamole tastes better than oil. Peanut butter tastes better than oil. You don't need oil. You need fat. You don't need to get it from oil. And there's so much research out there right now about how it does contribute to heart disease and diabetes. And, you know, read Dr. Esselstyn's book, Watch Forks Over Knives. It's completely not necessary. And as a chef, I can tell you it's not necessary for cooking. And here's here's the thing. And, I, you I wish I could do this experiment for everybody so they would believe it. You can't tell the difference. When I do my cooking class, I make one of the recipes called nutrient-rich black bean soup, which is one of my favorite recipes. It has a bunch of vegetables and beans, and it tastes like a black bean soup from a restaurant. And then I make another batch with the way that they tell you you have to make soup or you have to saute the onion and the garlic and the oil, you know, about a half a cup of oil. And I serve it to people. First of all, most people can't tell the difference because oil dissipates just like salt when you cook it. And the people that claim that one tastes better than the other – 
in 15 years now of doing this experiment, they always vote for the one without oil is tasting better. I have worked with restaurants out here, some that I can name, some that I can't, on doing this, and they have taken out the oil from their food without telling their clientele. And at first, the chefs balk about it because you can't go to culinary school without learning to use oil, sugar, and salt. But once they realize that the customers can't tell the difference in the marinara sauce or in the salad dressings, and now the restaurant is saving money because oil isn't cheap, they are thrilled. So we've been sold a bill of goods with these oils that they're, you know, that they're healthy. You know, Rachel Ray, EVOO, and Dr. Oz promoting this. You don't need oil. You need fat. Get it from whole food sources. That's what I say. So where do you think then – it comes from the idea that oil is not just like a, an overall good food to have in your diet, but like a miracle food. Like you know, there's a lot of stuff around there about about that around. And I mean, it's not you know with meat, dairy. There's a lot of the. It's, it's easy to say that a lot of that is the lobbying and, and sure. all the money behind it. It doesn't really feel like oil has such amount of yeah. money behind it. So why why has it gotten that reputation? Is it just people misinterpreting the Mediterranean diet type you know, stuff? That's what I was going to say. My guess is, you know, I'm going to be interviewing Juliana Hever in a few months on her new book, The Vegetarian Diet. My guess is in the Mediterranean Heart Study, which I believe was done in the 60s on the Isle of Crete, what they did is they, they had people that switched from butter to olive oil and their numbers got better because one is a, one is a saturated fat, one is a, mon, you know, I'm sorry if I don't get the science exactly right, but one's a better, better for you fat. Mm-hmm. Oil, definitely better than the, uh, the butter. And so when these people switched from butter to oil, their numbers got better. And so what happened is they said, well, then oil is good. And so, you know, Dr. Goldhammer always says that just because something is less bad doesn't mean it's health promoting, doesn't mean it's good. And if you take somebody like me with a cholesterol of 99 and start giving me olive oil, my cholesterol is going to go up. And so what I think what happened is they, they, they took that one thing from the study that these people were eating olive oil and said, this is why they have health. This is why they have longevity. Aside from the fact they ignored that they were eating lots of fruits and vegetables. They were walking, you know, plowing the fields. So I think maybe that's where it got misinterpreted. But even though there may not be a strong olive oil or oil lobby like there is, uh, you know, meat and dairy lobby, you know, they, they, I'm sure they have a lot more marketing funds than, say, the fruit and vegetable people that do these ads. So, um, you know, and also olive oil is, is refined often with something called lye. I mean, you can't make it in your own kitchen. See, that's the other thing, Matt. My test is, is if I cannot make it in my kitchen and I, and I'm going to add easily, then maybe we shouldn't be eating it. I don't know anybody that can make oil in their kitchen. I don't know anybody that can make agave or maple syrup in their kitchen. You know, when I take an orange and squeeze it, juice comes out. When you take an olive and squeeze it, nothing comes out. You know, uh, what is it, like something like 1,400 olives to make a cup of olive oil? I mean, it's ridiculous. And so it's it's just hard for people to wrap their head around. But, man, once they do, they lose weight. Their skin clears up. Um, you lose the taste for the high-fat foods, and you really start enjoying the whole natural foods a lot better. And, you know, you know, one of the chefs that explained this to me best, and he actually did this at Healthy Taste of L.A., Chef Ramses Bravo, he did this experiment, and he, and he talks about how oil – it kind of, you know, sorry for the analogy, is kind of like a condom. It coats the taste buds of your tongue. So now you're forced to actually use more sugar and salt. And so what he did is he made, you know, a standard salad dressing is three point, is usually three parts oil, one part vinegar, or three parts oil, one part flavor. Mm-hmm. And so what he did is he made a mango, like a mango, some kind of dressing, like ginger mango. And what he did is he used mango and ginger, and he made this salad dressing, and he had people come up from the audience that didn't eat this way, that didn't eat healthily, and they tasted it, and they said, oh, this is delicious. Delicious. And he said, okay, now I'm going to take one part of this dressing and put three parts of oil. Now taste it. And they said, it's disgusting. And then he had to add salt and sugar to make this dressing taste good. So, you know, I, it, it's, if, you know, there's an old saying, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always gotten. People have been using oil for a while, you know, uh, you know, since we've been around and our parents and, and it's, it's, it's going to be hard to change that mindset. But boy, once you do, you feel better. Here, here's another story about oil. So when we went oil-free on August 1st, 2008, I actually didn't tell my husband because I make all the meals. I pack his lunch. I make the dinner. I make his breakfast. I figured he didn't need to know. He didn't really, wasn't going to care as long as the food tasted good. Seven months after, my husband weighed, he's six feet tall, he weighed 160 at the time. Seven months after going oil-free, and that was the only change he had made, 
one day he doesn't usually wear a belt, but he was doing something where he had to wear a belt and he couldn't get his belt on. It was too big. And he said, oh, my God, what's happening? I'm losing so much weight. I'm sick. I have to go to the doctor. And I said, "Okay, let me just tell you something. I didn't want to tell you, but we stopped eating oil. If a thin person can lose 20 pounds in seven months just by not eating oil, imagine if somebody does this mindfully and intentionally. The other thing that was so interesting is he had a tumor, a benign tumor on his spine the size of a half of a tennis ball. And when we stopped eating oil in seven months, it shrunk to the size of a nickel. So, you know, nobody's going to convince me that oil is a health food and uh, whether they're trying to lose weight or not. And, and you'll save money, you'll save calories, you'll save time because in all those recipes that have you saute in oil, you skip that step. You, you know, you don't need it. Right. So I'm a big fan of the no oil movement and it shows. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting to me that you mentioned uh, that, that the oil is sort of what may make cause you to increase the amount of sugar and salt in your food in order to make it taste good again. Absolutely. Uh, I had never really thought about that, but but it sort of it kind of makes sense to me because we we've eliminated a lot of that other stuff too over the years and uh and in this time in this I had been under the impression before because I had tried it before that getting rid of oil made things not taste as good anymore, but now that we're not eating nearly as much salt and things like that, it doesn't feel like that this time. It feels like it it doesn't taste any different to me. Right. So that's a really good point. It actually makes it taste better once people neuroadapt. And what that means, because really it's, you know, it's not the, I'll, t- I'll tell you about the thing with chocolate. It's not so much that the food tastes taste less good. It's, it's that they're getting less dopamine in their brain. So they're perceiving it as tasting less good because there's a couple of great books out there. One is called, a lot of great books out there, but these two specifically that talk about sugar, fat, and salt, The End of Overeating by the former head of the FDA, Dr. David Kessler, and Salt, Sugar, and Fat how the food giants hooked us by investigative Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Michael Moss. They talk about how the processed food industry knew that sugar was addictive, fat was addictive, and salt was addictive, and put it in just about every processed food product, well, every processed food product out there that I can think of. And so once you understand that the reason we like these, the sugar, salt, and fat is because it is addictive, because of what it's doing in your our brain, you, you understand that. Now, one of the things you heard in my talk on the cruise was about chocolate, and this could apply to the other foods as well because people, chocolate is 2,500 calories a pound, and usually it's accompanied by things like sugar, uh, almost always, or, and, and high fat, uh, you know, things like dairy. So, so it's a very high fat, high calorie food. And a lot of people say, well, you know, chocolate tastes better than anything you want me to eat, like kale or potatoes or whatever. And I say, really, you sure it tastes better. That's why you like it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it tastes better. So I tell people about research that was done on chocolate where the researchers brought in people that were self-professed chocoholics to the laboratory. And they allowed them free access to whatever their favorite chocolate was. I don't know if it was, you know, chocolate mousse or seeds, candy or cookies. But they had all the chocolate these self-professed chocoholics could eat. And what they did is before they let them eat the chocolate, they administered an injection of a drug called naloxone. And what naloxone is, is an opiate blocker. It's used in the emergency room if somebody overdoses of heroin. So it it, it stops the heroin from flooding the blood-brain barrier so that the patient won't die because this it, it blocks the perception of the opiates in the brain. So they can't feel the effect of the heroin anymore. So when they gave the chocoholics this injection of naloxone and they told them to go eat as much chocolate as they want, they took a bite and they they had absolutely no interest. And so what I say to people is, so so you're telling me chocolate tastes better, but yet when the perception of what it did in the brain was altered and the people didn't want it anymore, it didn't, did it taste less bad? Did, did it not taste good anymore? Was it less creamy? Was it less luscious? Or was something happening in the brain? And so that's really, so taste really is what, it's, it's, it's more about the brain than the palate. Because once you get over the fact that you're really eating these high caloric foods to medicate in your brain, you know, people are stressed and most of them don't exercise like you. A lot of them are born with what's called low D2 receptivity. And so if they're not exercising, if they're not having sex, they're looking for a hit of dopamine, eating these high caloric foods like nuts and seeds and oil. And once they realize that and they stop doing it so much, they will get plenty of dopamine from these other foods, especially if they're exercising. So that that's really what it is. It's not that the foods don't taste good when they're made the way we eat them. It's that they're, what they're missing is that hit of dopamine. And most people are medicating with food. You know, they, a lot of people I know, most, they start their day with a cup of coffee, usually with cream and sugar. They're medicating with processed foods all day and they end their day with alcohol. So really what they're doing is they're, they're stimulating themselves all day with dopamine. And what 
what can happen though if they neuroadapt, which means neurological adaptation, which can take anywhere from you know a few weeks to a few months, depending on how bad the diet was, is that these foods can now start tasting amazing. And you know this happens uh, very. Uh, this happens in about 30 days with salt. So in other words, let me just explain what neuroadaption is in case people have trouble with this concept. It's I go to the movies all the time and I'm usually late. And when I get there, it's completely dark in the theater and I can't see my seat. And if there's no usher, what I do is I just stand still for a couple of minutes and then my eyes adjust to the new level of darkness and I can see my seat again. That's neurological adaptation. The same thing happens with our brain chemistry and with our palate. And that's why it's so great to go to a place like True North Health in Santa Rosa or the McDougal 10-day program or even going on you know, the cruise because when you immerse yourself into these way, this way of eating for a, a little period of time and aren't stimulating yourself with so much sugar, fat, and salt, you neuroadapt to, to these tastes of the whole natural food. It's sort of like I'm 55 years old and I grew up in the 60s and my parents always served whole milk until one day something came on TV that it wasn't good for us anymore and we had to drink non-fat milk. Well, when we switched from whole milk to non-fat milk, at first we rebelled because it tasted like water. But then we got used to it because there wasn't anything else to drink. And then every now and then we'd go to a friend or relative's house and they'd serve us whole milk and we'd like, it tastes like paint. So that's what happens with sugar, fat, and salt. So of course, if you're eating the standard American diet and then you eat some of Chef AJ's food, you're like, eh, it's good, but it doesn't really do it for me. But you know what? After about 21 days, 30 days of consistently eating this way, you actually begin to prefer the taste of whole natural food. Now, I didn't always eat this way, Matt. If you read my book on process, you know, for the first 43 years, even though I had been vegan for 26 years, I was a I was a vegetarian. I was addicted to sugar and all I ate was crap. I ate no fruits and vegetables. So but in time, as I continue to eat these things, I develop taste preferences for them. And, and, you know, research shows we do develop taste preferences for what we habitually eat. And the only reason that fruits and vegetables don't taste so good right now is because you're really not eating them. And so, you know, it, this is a going on process is a process, but it's really a journey that's really worth the time to do because you will feel better, you will look better, and if weight loss is your goal, you will lose weight eating this way. So, um, and, and you're still saving animals. You know, it's like, I mean, you know, and people, I've been told that, that unless you're vegan for ethical reasons, don't be vegan. Well, I was vegan for ethical reasons for the first 26 years. And I'll tell you, as far as I know, the animals really could care less why they're not being eaten. I don't think the cow cares whether or not we're eating oil. And, and it's like not eating oil is not a barrier to veganism. I have worked, I mean, I've been teaching now for 15 years and I've worked with thousands of people and not one of them has said to me, well, I'd be vegan except the oil. It's never the oil. It's the cheese. It's always the cheese. It's like, well, I could be, I'd be vegan except I can't give up cheese. And oil is not an issue, guys. It really is the easiest thing. Of sugar, fat, and salt, oil is the easiest you don't need it for baking. You don't need it for sautéing. You want to know what the hardest is? It's salt. That's always the hardest yep. for people. Yep. Salt is hard, and that's that's one that I still Absolutely. struggle with. But we've we've got, we've moved the direction without yeah. it. And, and I don't tell people not to eat salt. But what I do say is maybe think about using a substitute. By a substitute, I don't mean like a fake substitute. I mean like maybe instead of table salt, which has 2,300 milligrams of sodium, maybe use something like raw coconut aminos, which has only 113, or maybe use something like low sodium miso, which has 110. So I don't tell people not to eat salt unless, of course, you know, they already have heart disease and high blood pressure, but oil is easiest. And then sugar is kind of in the middle. Sugar is actually pretty easy too, because you can use things like fruit and dates. So, you know, I was a pastry chef and I didn't use sugar, oil, salt. So, I mean, it can be done really. It just depends what a, what a person's goals is, goals are. And I think one of the reasons your wife, Erin, was so successful is because she actually had goals and and that is so important to you know if you don't know where you're if you don't know where you're going how do you know when you get there right absolutely and let's take a minute to thank our sponsor kalo this episode of no meat athlete radio is brought to you by kalo the kalo silicone ring is the functional wedding ring for the active lifestyle made from hypoallergenic medical grade silicone kalo rings are safe durable and comfortable enough for all of life's greatest adventures in the gym on the trail at the job and everywhere else Kayla was founded in 2013 by Ted Baker and Casey Holliday, two married guys who got tired of taking off their metal rings every time they wanted to work out, surf, work with their hands, or enjoy the outdoors. Which I did in Vermont. I used my Kayla wedding ring while paddleboarding on a beautiful lake in the mountains of Vermont. There you go. And yeah. You have a story about that, right? I do have a story about it. I'll share. I'll wait and share that one next time. People have a reason to tune in next time. That's right. The Kayla community is full of elite crossfitters. Paddleboarders who have won ultra marathons, NFL quarterbacks, police officers, firefighters, triathletes, Olympians, and yes, 
vegetarian super endurance athlete paddleboarders who, just like Ted and Casey, place the highest value on their commitments to all of life's greatest adventures. Kalo rings start at only $15.99, so go to kalo.com, that's Q-A-L-O.com, and use the promo code NOMEAT, all one word, at checkout to get 15% off your purchase. Kalo, we do. do. Going back to what you said about, I mean, salt too, but what you said about food, uh, the way that, that we adjust, our taste buds adjust, I think that's, I think everyone has heard that, and I think nobody believes that. It's, you know, it's so hard to imagine ourselves a few months from now with, with different preferences, you know, like with, with things not, things that seem good now, not seeming good in, in a few months. That's a very hard thing, I think, for people to grasp. Um, how do you, how do you address that when you talk to people? Because you're talking also, I mean, when you talk to a vegan audience at a veg fest or a, or at least a vegan curious audience, um, it's it's not too many steps away, but but when someone is is eating a standard American diet or or just even what they think is a healthy version of that, where do you tell them to begin? I mean, when it's when it's this much yeah. change, or or do you say dive right in, set a twenty one day deadline, right. and give yeah. it a try? Well, what, 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 what I do say, the first thing I say to everybody is give up dairy. To me, that's like, you know, oil. If you want to eat oil, eat oil. I, I mean, I don't want to say I don't care. But, I mean, you know, just again, it always comes down to what your goals are. But let's just talk about health, health of the planet and the animals and, and, and human health. That's the one thing I say to everybody. I'm really strong on that. That if you could only make one change, if you're only willing to make one change, please give up dairy. It's the most destructive force to human health. It's the, those animals, the, the dairy cows are treated the worst. And you, that's that's and again you know well think about it you know cheese 1600 calories a pound caloric density again ice cream 1200 so again you'll lose weight doing that you'll feel better so that's the number one thing i do but if people want to make changes more towards health and weight loss i say look just you just try it for 21 days there is a holiday out there called lent where throughout history people have done extraordinary things given up whatever their thing was sometimes it's an addiction like coffee or alcohol or whatever chocolate i go people can do things for 30 days you certainly can do this for 21 days and then on day 22 if it doesn't work you know you can always go back to it so i think if you tell people you can never have sugar salt or oil or flour or, or alcohol again they'll freak out i mean i didn't do it that way you know you you know so so what i say i think it's harder if you just take little things out at a time but i think if you know when people come to the ultimate weight loss program we say well look just try it for 21 days we'll support you just see how you feel and what happens is when people really do it because they've lost weight because they feel better many times they've had a disease like an autoimmune disease or diabetes or heart disease and they're off their medication now they're highly motivated but i tell people just try it for 21 days and usually some significant neural adaptation can take place in that time the more a person is addicted to these things of course the harder it's going to be but but you know uh, listen like i said i i didn't eat any fruits and vegetables till i was 43 that's all i eat now you can change your taste preferences by continuing to eat a food you know it takes about 15 tries of a food for it to become a preferred food you may not like it at first but you will and here's the other thing If my program doesn't work for people or if it's too difficult, what I suggest is they go to True North because when you fast on water, which they do at True North under medical supervision – neuroadaptation takes place quicker. You know, Dr. Goldhammer always says, if the, you know, they have a talented chef at True North, Ramses Bravo, and the food is delicious. And he always says, if this food doesn't taste good to you, then you really need to fast because when you fast, you reset your palate, your brain chemistry, and then when you eat your first meal there, which is something like steamed zucchini, it tastes like mana from heaven. And so, you know, that's how you can tell how, how junky somebody's diet is by how long it takes for this food to taste good. But this food does taste good, and people that were raised eating this way, I mean, I'm, I mean, God bless you guys for having kids and raising them this way. Your kids are going to be so amazing because their brain chemistry hasn't been messed up by by you know by processed food and sugar and I mean your kids are going to be they're probably already extraordinary but they're going to even be more extraordinary because the people that I've met that eat this way like Dr. Goldhammer's kids I mean they they're never sick they're 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 it's just amazing they have no food addictions and you know really just I really really believe Matt it comes down to addiction people don't like this word but but that's what it is because if they weren't addicted to blank they'd be able to change but they can't because it really is an addiction yeah, I agree with you. I think about that all the time. I think of all all the junk food that I ate as a kid, and and that we how far we've come since then, and, and what a huge advantage it is to just be starting out from a whole food place. Even if I mean, I, the kids can make their own decision about vegan or vegetarian at some point. But uh, I think just just like you said, not having your brain chemistry messed with with all this fake food, uh, I right. think I think makes such a difference. 
Right. I mean, you know, it, the thing is, is we didn't really talk about sugar so much because um, from a caloric density standpoint at 1800 calories a pound, it's not quite as impactful as oil, but it's every bit as addictive. And, you know, when when kids are raised with sugar, which if they're not breastfed, they are because all formula has, you know, sugar and oil and salt in it. You know, their brain chemistry is being rewired in such an unfavorable way. And it's just so sad that, you know, you go to Costco now and you see, you know, these these kids that are are literally as wide as they are tall sitting in the basket while the mother is putting coke in the sippy cup because you know you get like a hot dog coke deal there and then i see them getting the coke putting in the sippy cup getting their own coke and i'm thinking you know i'm not judging them for i mean it's very sad you know i was a fat kid too and you know as dr jay gordon vegan pediatrician says a fat kid really never has a good day of school so i was the fat kid growing up when i grew up in the 60s there was one fat kid in every class that was me so my heart breaks for them because if you're already fat it too your brain chemistry and your palate is being rewired in a way that yeah. is just it's just sad it's it, it does break my heart when i see that and, and 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 sugar is so highly addictive i mean the work of dr serge ahmed the researcher in france you know proved that that the sugar is more addictive than either cocaine or heroin and yet we're putting it in every single processed food from baby formula to geriatric formula it's in cigarettes and so you know again you know it, you know there's going to be some people that are immune to this by the way not everybody is a food addict and just because alcohol is addicting doesn't mean everybody's an alcoholic and there are people like my husband and dr doug lyle that are these tall drinks of water that can eat some sugar fat and salt and and seem to stay out of the pleasure trap and maintain their weight and not continually eat them but for most of us the more of these things chemicals we have in our food the more of them we want the more of them we crave the more of them we eat so you know it really get depends on on you and again this is like a spectrum not you know the, the not everybody is as as prone to it as others you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely yeah now, for those, you are probably you are like the brain chemistry of my husband. You can eat these things, and you know you're. And what I admire about you is you weren't you weren't like doing this. Like I'm not. I'm going to stop eating oil because you know, um, you know, it's you did it from from a health reason, not from a you know, oh, it's so addicting, and it's great, and that's the same reason. And that again just shows you're highly intelligent because my husband did it for the same way. Once I explained it to him, he said like, oh yeah, well, he watched Dr. Esselstyn's video. He goes, well, why wouldn't I choose to eat in a manner that would pretty much guarantee that I'd never have heart disease or a stroke? You know, exactly. so I. I applaud the work you're doing because this is message is going to get out to people. The people that are not going to change are not going to change, but you're going to hit some people that are going to hear this and say, you know what? I'm going to maybe rethink this. Maybe I'm going to try 21 days without oil or 21 days without sugar. See how I feel, you know? Sure. Yeah. And that's, and that's, uh, that's what I hope this type of episode does. Uh, it's definitely something that I'm, I'm hesitant to push and that's, and really, I mean, I think one of the big reasons that, that no media athlete has been successful, uh, is because my approach, and I'm not saying this is the only one, because I know you have a different approach and it works. Yeah. Um, but but my approach to this stuff is never really telling people like I think like you should do this. This is the way to do things. It's always like this. This has worked for me. Uh, this does work. It's an option and it works really well. But like I, I'm very hesitant to push things and say like well since i've stopped eating oil you should also stop it right exactly and, and that's great and but you know you know because you are the athlete and you you hang out with the other ones or at least know them like the robert cheeks and the rich rolls they're not oil eaters either i mean it's not like they, they might not be as strict as me and they might eat it when they're out but i've interviewed them and i know them and for the most part they're not sitting around glugging down the oil they're whole food plant-based yeah, sure. absolutely so i hope people that have gotten that out of it for sure um you, I, I do. I like your approach. I like the way that you are in. You know, you say you're kind of in your face, right? About about this change, um, yes. just because it, it means so much to you, and it, you've seen so much yeah. stuff. Well, well, let me just say why too. I, you know, I mean, I, 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 my personality is my personality. I kind of lean towards more like a Doctor McDougal approach than a gentle Doug Lyle approach. But I did it because I've seen too many people die and suffer and die, and they're all in my family. And I don't like the fact that I don't have relatives because my brother died of food addiction at three he was a medical doctor and he couldn't get a handle on this and it was sad to see him die of you know the death certificate may not have said that but i know what it was people do die of food addiction and my mother as well and they were both morbidly obese and that's why i'm so passionate about this because you know it, it's it's very hard people you know people that are overweight they don't have to be overweight we have the answer this is the answer i'm not saying it's easy or at least not easy at first that's why we like to support them in their journey but it's hard it's really you're you've never been fat so you don't know how hard it is and i was interviewing dr lyle recently he was saying especially in women the number one predictor of self-esteem in a woman is their weight and it's really hard being an overweight woman in this society especially in los angeles and you don't have to be. You really don't have to be. Not. I mean, it's like now. It's. I want to 
just shouted from the rooftops. Now that I finally figured it out, by the way, the answer has been there for quite a while. It's like, just try it. But again, what are your goals? What are your goals? What are your goals? Once you know your goals, then we can help you uh, meet them. But you have to have them, right? <laughs> sure. And I'm as big a believer as anybody about that. I think a goal is tremendously powerful and uh, can, can make the difference between massive success and really not getting anywhere. Just just that act of saying, I'm going to do this thing. And uh, right. and I, I encourage people to set big ones too. Like set the goal way out there, make it really exciting, uh, but then give yourself time to get to it. That's that's my thing. And, exactly. and you've said the exact same thing with weight loss. Like if, if yeah. you get there really quickly, it's it's probably not going to last. Right. And, and you know, we, one of the things, even though UWL stands for ultimate weight loss, those of us that have been doing it a while, we think of it as the ultimate warranty for life. Because a lot of people that come to us are actually – underweight, some even anorexic. But once they realize what it is, they realize it's the healthiest way to eat. And so we have people that are doing it not so much for weight loss, but just for health and disease reversal. Because the same diet that I'm recommending to people, which is if you look up PCRM, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, the power plate, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes, that's really not extreme. It's the same diet that that other doctors use for the reversing of heart disease, diabetes, autoimmune disease. It's the same thing. It just, we base it a little bit more on caloric density. And by the way, once people lose weight on our program, we don't, we don't tell people you can never have nuts and seeds and avocado again. We, we recommend not eating oil for the reasons we explained the, the addictive properties and no fiber, no nutrients, no satiety, that kind of thing. But once people reach their goal weight, they want to reintroduce these higher fat foods, absolutely, if they can moderate the use of them without, you know, that causing emotional distress or weight gain. Some people can successfully, some people can't, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And yeah, I, I just, I wish everyone the best of health because I know what it's like to be fat and I know what it's like to be sick. By the way, I didn't even mention, it wasn't so much that I was just fat when I was eating badly. I had the beginning of cancer in my colon from just basically eating vegan junk food, sugar and flour and oil. Um, so it wasn't from animal products in my case. So, you know, it's health. Your health is your greatest wealth. I mean, really, without your health, both mental and physical, you have absolutely nothing. You could have all the money in the world and great relationships. But if you if you suffer in health, your, your life is not what it can be. And that's really what I want people to understand. And by doing this program, you have great health. And so do the animals. And so does the planet. It's a win-win-win for everybody. Wonderful. It's It's been that for us. Um, you've, you've had an impact on my family and and i really appreciate that and i think it's great um i think you're I, the weight loss program everyone i've had a ton, ton of people ask me since aaron's interview where they can join the program because uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world to find yeah I, can you clear I, that I up for us Absolutely. I'm not, the, I'm, you know, marketing and stuff is not my specialty. We do the best we can. Um, so, I, you know, I'd love to have a team just doing that. But basically, I have a website called eatunprocessed.com. My book is unprocessed. You put the word eat before it. And then if you click on store, you go to the store and it says Ultimate Weight Loss Program. And you can either buy it as an online version, which means that there's no, there's no actual physical product. My husband, Charles, emails you the links to all the videos, all the audios and By the way, it's a lot because what it is is um, about a year ago, my partner, John Pierre, the fitness expert in L.A. who works with people like Ellen DeGeneres and all kinds of, you know, Navy SEALs, we did a live ultimate weight loss program because people were saying, oh, I can't come to California. And what we did is we we shot that. And so it's a – I believe it's four or six hours. It's a DVD set where you can watch all the lectures. And my husband had the brilliant idea that so many people now like to listen in their cars, so it's also audio. So if you buy the physical product, which is a little bit like $30 more, you get four DVDs, four audios. But a lot of people don't like to do that, especially, you know, people who have other countries, shipping is a pain, so you can get everything online. But it also includes much more bonus content that you see there. It includes a little, um, a lot of other calls. We do group calls, so it's about about 15 extra hours of content with these calls that we do as the group. But the thing that they get that that seems to be the most valuable is the ongoing support, which we do through a private and exclusive Facebook group. And so 24 hours a day, I mean, I'm not awake 24 hours a day, but John Pierre tends to be the morning shift. I'm the evening shift. So we're answering questions all day for people and people are there from all over the world. So like, you know, if I'm at a conference for a day and I can't answer, somebody knows the answer. But we find that it's the support that has been the most helpful thing that this 
this this group. And by the way, there's no charge to be in the group once you buy the product. We're not charging a monthly fee or anything. Once you're in it, you're in it for life unless Facebook somehow changes it and starts charging us. But this has been the, the, the greatest thing because when you do something outside the norms of society, I mean, going vegan by itself is already different, but we're doing this, I guess what some people would say, a more extreme version. It's just very, very helpful. And we focus a lot on the food addiction aspect because if people at first they detox and they have some, you know, sometimes emotional symptoms coming up and we support them. And, and it's just been like, just, I don't know, just heartwarming to me to see the, I mean, I just like when I, when I told you, I heard Aaron's interview, like on my podcast, I'm like, God, she's smart. I'm like, I just, I didn't realize I was affecting this many people. I was just kind of creating something that worked for me. And I'm like, Hey, this is pretty cool. You want to try it? And then like 600 people tried it and it worked for them. And so I just feel very blessed, but uh, that's how you get it. You go to eatunprocessed.com. You click on, on store. And if you have any questions, you can always email me. I have a pretty easy email. It's my name, chef AJ at att.net and I'm I'm happy to answer usually answer emails within 24 hours I get a little bit backed up occasionally but I never don't answer my emails ah, good for you thanks alright so uh, and like you said you've got the book unprocessed and a new one in the works maybe Yes, and that hopefully they'll be out by this year. I, I, it's got to be by this year. But I also want to say I also produce or co-produce an event called Healthy Taste of LA, which is going to take place. And I hope you and Aaron will come and bring the kids next January 17th, 2016. And it, we have some really great speakers like Dr. Esselstyn, and he's bringing his wife, Anne, who's a hoot, and his daughter, Jane, who's a nurse. They're going to do presentations. We have John Pierre. We have a wonderful dietitian named Brenda Davis. And we have two Michaels, Dr. Michael Gregor and Dr. Michael Clapper and it's an all day event of food and fun and uh, that's one of my favorite things that I actually do as well cool alright I love it and I'd love to come out for it that'd be, that'd be awesome well thank you and thank you for what you're doing because you know it's the, it's the guys like you because you know so many people oh guys think it's kind of wimpy to eat this way but it's mm-hmm. it's you guys it's all you athletes you and Rich Roll and Robert Cheek they're like look I'm awesome and I have great r- numbers from you know whatever events you guys do eating this way you're the ones that are going to get the men doing this I'll get some of the women because they want to lose weight but thank you for what you do because you're going to get all the men <laughs> absolutely alright well that's that's uh yeah Hope I mean a lot of our audience still is is women, but uh, but yeah, I think I think hopefully we we reach right. a few men who uh, who aren't afraid right. to support the running carrot. Yeah. All right. Well, Chef AJ, this has been awesome. Uh, great to connect with you finally over over Skype at least, and uh, look forward to hanging out in person sometime soon. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you very much. All right. I'll was... talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.